We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app legal recreational marijuana is big business in illinois and now the city of chicago state of illinois and the university of illinois system are teaming up to put more brains behind the bud I'm Rob Hart, in for political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. New Year's Day marks the third anniversary of the legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois. It has since turned into a billion-dollar industry with double-digit sales growth in the second year. Now the University of Illinois is getting into the cannabis space. The U of I's Discovery Partners Institute is opening a cannabis research institute in Chicago. We're joined by Bill Jackson, executive director of the DPI, and this interview is being conducted via Zoom video conferencing. Bill, thanks for joining us today. I, I'll, I'll dispense with the obvious joke about how University of Illinois students have been conducting off-the-books cannabis research for decades and ask, what makes this Cannabis Research Institute unique? The Discovery Partners Institute brings other institutions together uh, in order to do research on critical topics. So these institutes, you know, are institutes across the globe, but they consist of Northwestern, University of Chicago, Argonne, um, several institutes uh, in Europe, uh, Asia. Um, and so this is an opportunity to bring the best and the brightest to look at, uh, you know, an incredibly serious topic, um, how, how cannabis should be used, how cannabis um, opportunities to improve the, the medical research needed to ensure that cannabis uh, is, uh, you know, the, and the knowledge base to be so people use it appropriately. And the, the you know, cannabis, uh, the, the legal cannabis or the recreational marijuana industry has been growing by leaps and bounds, at least on a state level, not just in Illinois, but elsewhere. It's still illegal on the federal level. Is there anything like this in the cannabis space on the academic level anywhere else in the country? There are other players that do spectacular research as well. Uh, the University of California uh, institutes do well. UCLA, uh, San Diego, uh, a number of institutes in California do uh, cannabis research, um, and to a large extent, uh, pretty sizable research. I believe the University of California system does well over $100 million in cannabis research a year. This is going to be uh, established in Chicago. How far along uh, are we in setting this thing up? Is it already open? Will it open sometime later? 
Uh, it will open sometime later. We're in the process of searching for a leader of the Institute, along with researchers and a support staff. And then what uh, what are some of the goals of the Research Institute? Is this going to be, I mean, you mentioned some of the areas that are going to be explored, but uh, the ultimate vision uh, for the CRI is this, you're going to explore health outcomes, economic outcomes, uh, product quality, and making sure it's as best as it can be, or could this just become a, a policy shop uh, where you come up with uh, new and innovative ways of uh, of crafting uh, cannabis legislation? Yeah, we really have four main areas that we'll uh, do work in. Research, just as you mentioned, there's a whole series of questions, you know, just around the productivity, you know, the agricultural side, the cultivation, indoor cultivation, the use of energy uh, in cannabis, the cultivation practices for medical and recreational Um you know, plant improvements, optimizations, compounding, whole series of things just around the research side will be done, the health and wellness side as well. There's a whole bunch of questions around ensuring that the consumers know the benefits and the risks of cannabis, you know, and how do you reach that and inform uh, individuals around the, uh, the, the benefits and risks and how best to use it. There's a whole question as this industry grows, the training side, right? Um, growers, distributors, retailers, there's a whole question around training. And then to your point, uh, policy questions will need to be addressed as well. So those are the four areas, research, you know, uh, under, uh, consumer, customer understanding, training, and advocacy. This weekend marks the third anniversary of the legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois. And I remember doing stories uh, on New Year's Day of 2020 about uh, long lines uh, outside of uh, now legal dispensaries of uh, people trying out the product legally for the very first time. Uh, That's a large enough sample size to really learn about how uh, a large population uh, responds to legal cannabis. Uh, What are some of the questions that have been raised since then? Oh, I think there's a, I mean, a, a ton of research still needs to be done, right? Just on the questions, you know, that you've asked already, uh, some of the policy questions, um, you know, how should how should it be dispensed? What, what are the benefits, medical benefits? Um, is it having a positive or negative impact? Um, you know, there's a, you know, agricultural, how, how does the state win in the overall cannabis? You mentioned that it's a billion dollar industry. There's anticipation that it could grow to as much as two to three to four billion in the state alone, along with maybe 50 to 100 billion people have estimated a pretty wide range uh, in the U.S. alone. Um, And so there's, you know, how does the state, one of the portions of the Discovery Partners Institute is help promote uh, economic growth, um, equitable economic growth in the state. And then one thing that happened uh, shortly into the uh, legalization of recreational marijuana in Illinois was the the COVID pandemic. And uh, it it kind of gets lost in the mists of time. But in my own personal experience, I mean, that that period, March to April 2020, was just one of the weirdest times uh, in my life and certainly in the lives of everyone else as uh, everything got upended. And a lot of people it was it was a time of great uh, uncertainty and anxiety, and uh, a lot of people uh, went to the dispensary to uh, to to manage that, or at least uh, you know find some way to take the edge off. And uh, 
it, it, one of the areas that that could be explored is also just cannabis in the uh, mental health aspect of it. You know, what was what's you know, what are the health benefits or the health risks of turning to cannabis in a very anxious time, such as uh, the COVID p- pandemic of of three years ago, versus uh, pouring yourself a drink or two at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Rob. Um, you know, the health questions are still, you know, need uh, some deeper research. Uh, you know, is it better to, you know, as you point out, take the edge off of with cannabis or is it, um, you know, other uh, ways to do it, right? And what are the benefits? And, you know, it's like everything, moderation is probably a good concept and and how much and how to think about it. You know, there are there has been some really good research in that space, but a lot more is needed. Um, and to inform the public to make sure that they're using it appropriately um, and not overusing it. We're speaking with Bill Jackson, executive director of the Discovery Partners Institute at the University of Illinois, which is opening a cannabis research institute in Chicago in the near future. And Bill, I'm peppering you with questions that seems like the yep. uh, the CRI is designed to answer. Yes, they are, Rob. That's the exact purpose of... Um, the Institute, right, is to inform, you know, to do research to ensure that we grow an equitable, you know, in, uh, industry within Illinois and beyond, and to actually, you know, help Illinois' economic growth. As uh, you know, if, if, the, uh, if the CRI uh, fulfills its mission, uh, it sounds like uh, it can become a leading source of knowledge and resources inside both the cannabis space and the cannabis industry. How do these things benefit Illinois economically by establishing that uh, the state is a knowledge base? When do, when, how, how far does industry follow that? Well, you, you know already Illinois has a lot of reasons to win in agriculture and cannabis, you know, uh, specifically. You know, all, Illinois already plays an important role in the cannabis industry with several leading, um, you know, players in the industry. You know, with the passage of the Illinois Cannabis Regulation Act, you know, it's, you know, and the equitability of that act, right, it's uh, really grown the state's retail sales and growth. And what we're really trying to do is ensure that Illinois wins in that, right? So cannabis productivity, making sure that it's, you know, the health benefits and that businesses grow in Illinois um, specifically. Let's talk about the equity component of uh, legalized recreational marijuana, because the legislation, when it passed in Springfield, was designed to address past wrongs, especially with respect to the war on drugs, which did take a, a, a serious toll economically on black and brown communities in Chicago and in other cities. And it did send a lot of people to prison. And this legislation was designed to undo some of that, even though it it took decades to come together and it will probably take decades to reverse it. At the same time, though, a lot of players in the legal cannabis space have big, deep pockets and lots of investors. So how do you make sure how can you craft policy or how can you uh, do research uh, that just looks at you know making sure that some of those uh, past wrongs are addressed and that the big players aren't the ones getting the aren't the only ones getting the big money in this growing industry. Yeah, a, cu- a couple things. So first off, the institute will take money only uh, in certain ways. So federal grants, state grants, city 
uh, local municipality grants. We will not take money from anybody who, you know, breaks federal laws. So that that's a key component. So we won't be influenced by large cannabis players. Um, second, by understanding some of the policy research we want will want to do, uh, it that will also hopefully influence and in inform you know some of these debates that go on about the extent of you know you know um, who's getting you know the and bringing visibility if you will and who's getting. Uh, what portion of the overall uh, rents or economics from the cannabis, as well as the questions around, you know, um, incarceration issues and, you know, what is the right line to be drawn um, and and how this has either helped, you know, society or not, um, and when and where. I think these are really complicated questions that well, there's a lot of opinion out there, but they need to be informed by facts. And Bill, you managed to answer my next question, which was about independence. Uh, how do you keep the Institute from becoming uh, essentially a uh, marketing and research arm of a growing cannabis industry? So just as I had said, we have a very strict policy on how um, we will take uh, uh, who will, uh, in, you know, how we will take money. And it'll be from people who aren't influential and who are non, you know, um, oriented towards the industry. So we have set up a, a, a cross section of, you know, uh, decisions, if you will, a decision tree uh, on how we take money. Is there? And it really drives us to taking money, honestly, from really federal grants, uh, state grants, uh, very independent institutions. As as the legalization debate lurched forward in the 80s and 90s and into this century, uh, there were a lot of people who said and that you know, smoking a joint at the end of the day was no different than pouring yourself a cocktail or having a beer. To continue that um, alcohol industry comparison, to the best of your knowledge, is there an academic research institute that explores uh alcohol or tobacco or other, for lack of a better word, vices, uh, in the same way that this research will, this research institute will look into cannabis? Yeah, uh, there are players who, these questions have been out there for a long time. They're not new questions, right? To your point, this, these uh, issues around the trade-offs between alcohol and cannabis and even other drugs um, have been out there. There's been lots of research done in that space, and a lot of different institutions have done it. Um, I mentioned the University of California system. They've done a bunch of research in that area. Uh, the University of Illinois does research in the hemp and hemp area um, and in the cannabis area. Um, you know, uh, University of Virginia, there's a number of institutes that are working specifically in that space. But on, on the alcohol... One thing that, okay. just, to, just to give you a sense, too, the one other advantage of the university, right? We have a great healthcare system, right, um, in the university, and one that actually, you know, serves underprivileged um, communities. Um, and so we have insights, you know, and hopefully data uh, yet to be determined on, you know, how this does affect um, various population groups. But as you say, there, is there a, uh, if you go into, let's say, the University of Kentucky system, is there an institute looking into uh, uh, the development of bourbon in the same way that uh, the U of I is going to be uh, researching the cannabis space? So I, I don't know enough to answer that question, to tell you the truth, uh, Rob. So um, 
I'm sure there's lots of institutes that look into the alcohol question as much as they do the cannabis question. And then um, this is a great time for researchers, too, because it seems like uh, you're catching the legalized cannabis space in various stages of evolution. I mean, Illinois has been doing it for three years now. Uh, Some countries have legalized recreational marijuana for quite some time. California is farther down the road. New York just started. So there are various sample sizes that uh, researchers uh, can examine and play with. No doubt. Yeah, and we've already been working with uh, the some of the people at the California Institutes, um, specifically around the legal side of this. I mean, this is still, you know, at the federal level, uh, you know, class one drug. Um, so there's still lots of issues that we need to be able to deal with um, on that side. So even though it's legal in the state, it is still illegal at the national level. And so we need to make sure that we follow all the laws nationally as well. And that, and since California has to your point, had a lead in this. Uh, we've been working closely with um, them to understand how they manage through the complexities of that. And then uh, earlier this year, uh, I should say, well, it's, since it's 2023, I now have to say last year when talking about something that happened in 2022. But last year, uh, President Biden uh, signed an executive order talking about the possibility of uh, descheduling uh, marijuana from the uh, list of narcotics. And uh, if that were to happen, there are a lot of legal uh, hoops uh, to, to go through. Uh, how would that uh, change the uh, uh, the CRI's work? Yeah, it would just, um, you know, I mean, 35 states already have it legalized. I think there's a lot of anticipation um, that sooner or later the U.S. at the federal level will legalize it. The Biden uh, discussion is just the starting point of that uh, and an indicator, if you will, of um, a foreshadowing of the possibility of the federal government legalizing it. Uh, most people uh, in the industry believe that will happen, you know, but, you know, when and how and, um, it, it, you know, it'll just increase the growth of the industry dramatically, how which fu- will then put more desire and drive and need on an institute like this. I was going to say, how far along in the process of of the legalization of recreational marijuana as the legislature, legislation was making its way through Springfield, even before January 1st of 2020, how far along in that process uh, did the desire to open up a research institute, when did that enter into the equation? Was this pre-legalization or post-legalization? Post-legalization. So at least from my, you know, we, we were brought in really by the state and um, the city, you know, in the sense of, Hey, we want to. We want an institute that will do non-biased research that will help um, both the city and the state win in the cannabis, but win in the right way. Um, and that's how this came about. It was really driven, you know, by both the mayor's group uh, as well as the state level. And we've been interacting with them for at least twelve months. Um, you know, so it's been an ongoing dialogue about, you know, what's the right way to set this up. You know, how do we make sure that, you know, everything is, you know, non-biased? How do we, you know, just get this organized, if you will? And so it's been an ongoing discussion, but it was post the 2020 uh, legalization. In your conversations with uh, city and state officials, do you get a sense that uh, the reaction to legalized recreational marijuana, did it exceed expectations or has it met expectations? 
as far uh-huh. as the as far as the amount of revenue generated, the the customer base. Uh, was this something that uh, were, that people expected, or were they surprised that uh, it was adopted so quickly? Yeah, no, I I don't think they're um, surprised by it. Uh, I think they're very hopeful that this will be an industry that, again, Illinois can take a leadership role in, um, and they want to ensure that that happens in an equitable fashion. Most of our conversations are to ensure that Illinois wins equitably. And where where would this put Illinois? I mean, you talked about how California already has uh, an, it has done extensive research in the University of California system, but uh, mm-hmm. regionally across the Midwest, where would this put uh, Illinois compared to uh, compared to its peers? Some of which have just uh, entered into the world of legalization uh, in the most recent election cycle. We want to be, and we hope to be, in the forefront of that. Um, uh, we hope to catch up in in many regards to what's happening in California and actually work with, you know, everybody, um, you know, in order to understand the implications of uh, cannabis, um, you know, and ensure that that knowledge gets translated into our businesses in Illinois. I know I've asked a lot of questions uh, comparing uh, legalized marijuana and legalized cannabis uh, in Illinois and other states to uh, alcohol or tobacco. And my question here is the the, the legalization or, or, the, or the legal issues surrounding alcohol and tobacco, I mean, have, have been swirling for decades, if not over a century. And so it's it, it's and, and they've been cobbled together through different historical periods and and various social forces that have come and gone and this kind of patchwork of issues that have led to the uh, laws governing uh, alcohol and tobacco. But now it seems like with cannabis, you can start from square one. You're actually creating the space from the very beginning. And as a, from, as a researcher, that's got to be very exciting. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, one of the great things about this institute is not only thinking about all the possibilities of the research that can be done um, but also how do you affect and thoughtfully ensure, right, the legislative and regulatory policies, you know, in the state and beyond the state of Illinois, promote responsible use of cannabis and minimize, you know, hurdles for the industry as well, right? So it's the, that combination that we'll be working on. And the, uh, the, the, the legal side of, uh, of, of, of your research uh, also has the potential to be very exciting because... You can look back on all of the issues related to drug prohibition, the black market, the crime that kind of sprung up through, around it, and uh, potentially uh, your research could uh, revolutionize drug policy above and beyond legalized marijuana. Yeah, no, no doubt that this, this institute, um, just by playing in the cannabis, can reach into other areas certainly on the the drug side, but also on the ag side as well. Um, There are always overlaps or things that naturally are adjacent to the research you do in one institute versus another. Um, And so we see a lot of positives, you know, coming out of an institute like this and and that are natural to the University of Illinois, which already does research in this space um, and is natural to Illinois broadly um, and ensures the economic growth of the city and the state appropriately. How do you put something like this together? Uh, you know, the, the 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 steps towards assembling this research institute are underway. Uh, yep. What 
what researchers do you want to bring in? Uh, what what areas of emphasis do you want to tackle first? How does this whole organization process come together? Yeah, so the, the first and foremost um, step, right, is to hire a staff and capability that can do the research appropriately, right? Um, and then to organize, you know, our group of researchers across the university and across um, our partners in order to go after uh, thoughtful, needed uh, grants. So our first steps will be to hire a research, and we already have, um, you know, an application out. We're looking for the institute leader. We also have applications out for researchers, and we have applications out for, you know, staff um, in order to go after these and to coordinate, right, across our institutions, you know, how to go after certain pieces. And we're looking at a way, I mean, you're going to need labs in order to do this research. Um, the labs need to be in a certain, uh, with a certain capability to, you know, recognize the federal requirements of handling high THC um, drugs. Um, so, you know, we're, we're well on our way to understanding all that, and we're well on our way to starting the hiring. And are you casting the net uh, far and wide across the country, around the world? Yes. Or have you discovered that uh, a lot of the, the brain power is already in-house in the U of I system? Well, we have a lot of brain power. There's no doubt the U of I system has tremendous brain power. No doubt about that, but no reason to limit ourselves. And so we're casting our net wide. And then lastly, uh, as, as a researcher and just as someone who has observed this scene, uh, just tell me about your own you know personal level of excitement in uh, in in getting this thing off the ground and up and running. I mean, we talked about some pretty weighty issues during the past half hour, and uh, you get the chance now to explore them and come up with some answers to some of those weighty issues, and also potentially uh, change the debate in a very meaningful way. Well, you know, I think that just understanding what the Discovery Partners Institute does, um, it's this is perfectly aligned to that. Uh, our objective, right, is ec equitable economic development for the state. Cannabis and Hemp Institute is just one area in order to make that happen. Uh, we see this as a big opportunity for the state. We see this as a big opportunity for equitable. But Discovery Partners Institute is working on other things. Like we do research today, you know, for, um, you know, students and teachers and education. We affect policies in that right way. We do um you know, we're we're doing a whole bunch of workforce development on, you know, questions around tech and tech development, software development. Uh, we built uh, a business around COVID in order to protect people um, called a shield, uh, shield T3. So th this is just another great step that um, the Discovery Partners Institute, which is part of the University of Illinois system, uh, is supposed to do uh, and needs to do. They say time flies, and uh, I still can't believe it's been three years since uh, recreational marijuana was legalized in the state. Um, let's uh, let's let's take a little snapshot into the future. Uh, where do you see uh, your research going three years from now? Well, Rob, I hope we have a conversation three years from now, and we're an institute that is doing the things that we talked about the the fundamental research around cannabis, both from you know, from the beginning, the ag all the way through the retail side, the educational process to ensure that uh, customers and consumers understand the benefits and uh, the issues with cannabis, you know, the training, 
um, you know, the policy questions, and that we're an institute that makes an impact uh, positively on the equitable economic growth of uh, Illinois. Uh, and I'm I'm very hopeful that this institute will be sizable uh, in comparison to some of the things that are already being done at, at the California system. And we'll have to leave it there. Bill Jackson, Executive Director of the Discovery Partners Institute at the University of Illinois, thanks for joining us today. The Cannabis Research Institute will open in Chicago sometime later this year. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on the Odyssey app. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, in for political editor Craig Delamore, I'm Rob Hart. News Radio 105.9 WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.